He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. But we're not Stanford MBAs. We're not, you know, Hilton, Marriott, Hyatt execs. Um, you know, we're, we're a bunch of go-getters that have sort of figured it out along the way uh, and, and have been there to kind of support each other. And um, it's been rewarding watching a lot of the, uh, a, a lot of our leaders just really grow in, in getting into their knitting um, and, and taking it to the next level. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. In hotels and vacation rentals, the top complaints or issues are noise, garbage, and parking. I may not be able to solve all of your parking and garbage problems, but I could definitely help with your noise problems. And that actually might just help your garbage and parking problems too. So NoiseAware is the only 100% privacy safe noise monitoring solution that property managers and owners can use in order to ensure they avoid parties and other issues happening at their property. You won't get notified when a plate breaks, but if you have a little quiet get together that kind of gets out of hand like this, then NoiseAware will give you the peace of mind to ensure that you and your property, and of course, your profits, are protected. So use my code SLICKTALK20 to get 20% off of all noise monitoring devices and focus on the other important things that help you run your business. Now thank you for checking out Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Get back to the episode. and Don't forget to check out NoiseAware while you're listening. All right, everybody, welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. And man, am I excited for today's episode because uh, little do you know, I've actually talked to Jesse from Front Desk uh, before on a clubhouse room, and we got to kind of geek out about hospitality and what's going on in the space and a little bit about podcasting and all that good stuff. But now it's my turn to interview the interviewer that interviewed the interviewer, if that makes sense. It's kind of a mouthful. Uh, but Jesse, my man, welcome to the show. And I'm super excited to have you. Yeah, I am. I'm thrilled to be here. Huge fan. Always been a fan. Uh, and it's an honor to be here and, and talk to you again. You're, you're the original interviewer. So we'll, we'll get this back, back straight the way it should have been in the first place. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's cool to see it uh, skip a few steps, you know, um, you know, never, <laughs> never have to be online all the time, but my man, I just want to know, like, let's jump into your story because I got to learn a little bit about you through our conversation. Um, but front desk has been something I've been observing uh, as a podcaster, as a industry operator for a little bit and, and getting to know your guys' brand really well has been really fun. But uh, I'm a big geek on the founder story. So I really want to know what even got you into the space and what were like the founding moments of what you've created today? Yeah, so um, I came from hospitality before short-term rentals, so, so somewhat like you, but not as entrenched. I, I worked for a, a IoT company doing a hotel automations uh, for two years. Um, so I had two years of sort of exposure to, to hospitality. We were doing uh, smart locks and, uh, and kind of TV, talking to Alexa, talking to the thermostat. Uh, mostly around energy management as the uh, kind of the where the real ROI and the reason for people to spend money on the IoT. But then you got uh, guest automation and and uh, guest experience as a as a added bonus. So um, it was fun. Uh, it was a company called Telconet. Uh, we were one of the first to do Alexa in the in the hotel rooms, um, and uh, and and I had a blast doing that. I was a product manager there. Um, and, and meanwhile, I, I sort of was observing this uh, Airbnb um, ecosystem. And, and it felt a lot at the time, like, uh, I think we were talking about this on, on the clubhouse room, but it felt a lot like uh, kind of, the, the you know, when Uber came and uh, hearing some of the, the taxi uh, people in, in New York, just sort of in denial. And it was strange to me in the trade shows, um, you know, this was 2016 and the hotel trade shows, nobody was talking about Airbnb just a massive growing part of the hospitality business. Uh, and yeah, no, nobody would even talk about it. So it, it, it was really strange. It was a strange feeling. So um, meanwhile, uh, so I, I, I started Front Desk uh, four and a half years ago 
with my amazing co-founder and CEO, Kyle Weatherly. Um, and he had traveled the world with his wife. Uh, he had an early exit in life. Uh, he, he ran a medical device business. Um, we were both from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, we knew each other from some previous uh, startup work that I, I did. We, we built him 3D scanning solutions. Um, so I'm an Uber nerd and he was the uh, Uber successful uh, you know, business, businessman that uh, had an early retirement, had the luxury of traveling the world with his wife for a year and uh, you know, two affluent travelers. And they decided they chose to stay in Airbnbs. So at the time, people were staying for cost, not for um, luxury. It was the cheaper option back then, at least. Uh, and, and he had this experience around the world of just um, uh, amazing, incredible, authentic, local um, experiences, but very disjointed, very lacking. Nobody was really uh, aiming to impress the, uh, the, the, the traveler. And, and while, while the guest was our first core value at front desk, because he came back from that trip really realizing that it's not rocket science. All, all you have to do is, uh, is uh, really prioritize the guest experience and, uh, and, and wow, the guest at the end of the day, over deliver, uh, under promise and over deliver. Um, and, and, and then you have a successful, you know, hospitality concept. Um, but it was novel to, you know, in the, in the uh, uh, short term rental uh, ecosystem at the time, because uh, there was a lot of people, uh, a lot of amateur hospitality professional, uh, amateur hospitality people out there that weren't taking that kind of professional approach to it. So, uh, I came at it from the kind of tech automation lens and he came at it from the guest experience lens. And, and we realized that, you know, technology can't always solve problems in, in life, mm-hmm. right? I think people jump to tech too quick, but, you know, in, in hospitality, specifically distributed hospitality, short-term rentals, vacation rentals, um, it, technology and automation are really key uh, to actually doing this uh, very complex type of uh, operation management. And so, um, here we are, you know, four and a half years later, we're, we're blessed to be leading a team of 250 uh, employees across 35 cities uh, that we're in with, uh, you know, over 160 locations. Um, and, uh, you know, more than anything, thankful to be, you know, alive and well uh, after, after the year we've been through. So it's been quite the, quite the ride, but it's been a blast every step of the way. Well, it's seriously such a cool story. Um, and, I love that you guys married the two of, of tech and guest service. I think, you know, you said something, I wrote it down that, you know, prioritizing, the, you know, a guest experience isn't hard to create, right? Like it's, it's pretty simple, but I think what you guys are doing with the, the automation of technology, whether it's, you know, automated messaging, door codes, access control, anything like that. Um, you know, I want to know kind of out of curiosity, do you think back then, it wasn't very hard to like create a guest experience or have like that wow factor. Do you think it's harder now these days to, to do that with, you know, with COVID and, and the world that we've been in, even pre COVID let's look at like 2019, you know, was, you know, big travel boom numbers were high revenues were good. Um, you know, is, is the experience harder to capture now? Um, well, the, I, I wouldn't say the experience is harder to capture, but the expectations have certainly increased uh, the demands for professionalism um, and cleanliness and accuracy on the listings and, um, you know, Airbnbs and, and all of the other marketplaces and short-term rentals are crossing the chasm right now into the mainstream. And, and that's, yeah. a, you know, as a, a key player in that ecosystem, we're, we're also by nature crossing that chasm because uh, a lot of the demand is coming from people that are finally switching over from hotels that maybe we're, we're loyalists. Um, we're on Marriott Homes and Villas, for example, and until yeah. we, until we, that was a huge chasm because uh, there was a lot of people that love their Marriott points. That's a real thing. Mm-hmm. I, I came to learn you much more than I even thought. So, um, oh, yeah. Mar- Marriott loyalists out there. Yeah. They <laughs> love their points. Um, and so they wouldn't try us until we were on their platform, until they could book and redeem points or earn and redeem points by, uh, staying in a front desk suite. So, um, you know, odd things like that, obviously cleanliness demands have, have increased, uh, which is challenging because finding cleaners at the same time is is also very challenging. So that's a temporarily uh, ch- a temporary challenge. But um, generally speaking, the consumer expectations and, and the guest expectations have have risen uh, by new markets. But also, if even the existing you know people who were on these marketplaces before, um, they're they're they now have better options. Uh, the, we're not the only short term rental brand uh, who's who's. Uh, building a, a brand on, on top of these marketplaces uh, in the market these days. 
That's very true. And I guess for, for you guys in the beginning uh, with front desk, what were like on top of building a brand and kind of getting known out there and, and getting that like capturing that audience in that marketplace, do you guys have any specific challenges that you ever like came in the beginning that you look back now and are like, Oh man, I wish we were dealing with problems like that again. Uh, or is there anything in particular that kind of stands out from, from earlier days to, to where we're at today? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, the early days were the most challenging because uh, we, we were doing everything. I, I remember cleaning a unit. Um, my partner was out of town. He, him and his wife usually clean the units and we, we really tried to roll up our sleeves and do everything first before um, finding the right people so that we can uh, set better expectations with them, hire the right people, hold them accountable to the right things and so on. So we cleaned the, the units ourselves for the first couple of months. And I remember rushing back from, I think it was Ohio to visit my family to, and we had to be back by, you know, 2 p.m. So we could clean the unit in time for the 3 p.m. check-in for one of our first <laughs> guests in Milwaukee. And so we rushed back home. We had a th- our, our six-year-old, I think then was around four and, or sorry, two. Uh, and I remember vividly cleaning the unit with him running around and us with the broom and vacuum um, trying to keep him from making more of a mess. And then, uh, and then the guest got there early and called, called me and, and tried to get in early. So I kind of rushed them out the back door. It almost felt like, uh, uh, I almost felt, felt shady for some reason, rushing my wife and my child out the back door. Cause we wanted to look like a professional company, right? Not just, uh, some family shop. Um, and so, you know, I, I laugh about it now, but back then it was obviously very stressful. Hospitality, you're, you're always on call, right? You, you need to be on call. Somebody calls at 11 p.m. and their heater broke. You need to drop off that space heater or whatever it takes. And so, um, you know, I, we're so fortunate now to have just an incredible team of people that handle all of that for us. Um, but, you know, er, early days, you, you, you don't, uh, it's, it's not necessarily prudent to hire that, that, that uh, right away and, and not do it yourself. So, um, the actual, you know, heavy lifting work is, is very challenging. Even um, uh, just furnishing the units. I remember uh, lifting a very heavy couch up 11 flights of stairs <laughs> for a, a tower in uh, Pennsylvania because it wouldn't fit in the elevator. We bought it off uh, Facebook Marketplace and uh, it was not a standard size. So, um, yeah, a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. People have no idea uh, of, of, of short-term rental management. It's, it's, it's a lot of hard work. <laughs> Turns Did out. you guys have a, a classic, uh, was it Ross Chandler and Joey moment where you're yelling pivot the whole time climbing up <laughs> <Yes>. the stairs? <laughs> there was definitely a pivot moment many times. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. hilarious, man. I wish I had my soundboard. I could have like that Ross like pivot sound just playing back and forth. Oh, that's too good. Well, I want to know, cause you know, I, we have a, um, I don't think we've talked about much on the podcast, but we have our own like little boutique vacation rental management company in the PNW, but nothing to the size of what you guys are doing going through, you know, 250, you have 250 active employees, uh, 160 units. You said like a hundred and something, 160 locations. That's uh, locations. about 700, okay. 100, 700 okay. or so listings. Yeah. So 160 locations that you guys are advertising, marketing and, and operating in, um, that's, that's a huge scale. Like that's a huge, huge scale, uh, for other than doing everything yourself, what were the biggest growing pains getting from, you know, decorating the units, putting that couch up the 11th, uh, to the 11th floor to then getting the first, you know, maybe round of hiring and, and growing and expansion. And then kind of maybe even, from a founder's perspective, stepping into more of a CEO role than, than an operator role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's um, it's, it's been an incredible growth opportunity for me just professionally. I've never gone through, you know, managed teams this large before and led team this large, but also never have never seen a company or even worked with a company that has grown this fast. We, we were, um, we, we, we got ranked with the number one fastest growing travel company in America and the Inc. 5,000, um, this past year. And, and it made me, it made me recognize and sit back for a second and reflect and say, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, in or, that's not organic by any means to grow a community that from two to 250 people, any community, whether it's uh, short-term rental management and any community where you have human beings that all have independent decisions they can make. Um, mm-hmm. and you go from two people in that community to 250, uh, within a couple of years, it, it becomes, there's, there were many, um, I would say many, um, growth pains along the way. Uh, and so, 
Um, I think Reed Hoffman talks about this a little bit in his books. So we, we sort of use the same terminology, which is you're going from, you know, your, your, um, your family stage when you have less than 10 employees to, I think he called it the tribe when you're at 10 to hundred employees. And then you're getting close to a village at, at 100 to 1,000 employees. And then you're at, I think you call it the city um, once you're at over 1,000. So, uh, you know, we, we aspire to be, be that large uh, someday soon. But for now, uh, we've gone through those different, uh, different uh, very fundamentally different ways of operating. And so when you're a family, you can just shout down the hall at people. We, we've always been on Slack. So, uh, you know, highly recommend for scaling teams to just start there and then yeah, especially in a remote distributed kind of workforces today. Um, and so we started, we were, we, we shouted, you know, li- li- through digitally through uh, an all channel uh, anytime anybody needed to be updated. But, you know, once you, we crossed that 10 to hundred bridge, the tribe stage, we, you had to really focus on documenting. So anytime somebody says something in a meeting that's either decided on, or it's a new procedure, a new way of doing things, we had to stop and say, okay, now write it down somewhere or now, Let's make sure it's in the, the in the handbook, in the manual, and I had to get. Um, and now, uh, you know, we're we're at the point where um, you know the community has its own life uh, heartbeat, right? And, and we're it, it takes work actively managing a community to to make sure everybody's cared for it and feels you know like they're contributing. And so we use EOS uh, Entrepreneurial Operating System. It's a business framework for scaling businesses. To uh, a lot of people use it. Um, is it from um, the book Traction? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah so Gina yeah. Wickman wrote the book Traction and they created this system in this framework. So we're, we're big uh, EOS uh, users uh, and um, that, that's been uh, definitely impactful to helping us get from 100 to 1,000, kind of getting to that next level really required just a way of retooling. Um, you know, the, the biggest challenge overall is, uh, again, this, a lot of this just boils down to human beings. Um, who are the people that are impacted by, by this unnatural pace of growth? Um, and, you know, you, you, people work for you early on that really like that entrepreneurial, uh, you know, shout down the hall and everybody's, uh, you know, can hear you and uh, you're wearing 10 different hats every day. You never know what, what, what's going to happen the next day. It just takes a much different type of person that enjoys that versus the person that enjoys um, getting trained with a very specific SLP that, that knows they're going to come into the work today and it's going to look like X, Y, and Z. And n- neither are good or bad. It's just a different need for a different kind of stage in the business. Um, so we always sort of have this entrepreneurial itch and this entrepreneurial, you know, we're always rolling out new products, new services. And so that entrepreneurial mindset is helpful, but also, you know, if everybody, if all 250 employees were entrepreneurial, we would, uh, you know, look like a very ADD company uh, and not actually do any one thing really well. So a lot about it, a lot of the growth pains have been finding the good balance and, you know, finding great leaders was, was the biggest, um, I think, uh, thing we did well early on was just hiring good people that then hire good people that then hire mm-hmm. good people. And it's sort of that, that snowball effect. So, um, you know, we got lucky early on with really great leaders and spending a lot of time just focusing on honing in their skills and helping them do what they do really well. That's incredible. I, I think that's uh, an underestimated or under talked about topic when it comes to like the, the right fit of, of a company, whether it's a hospitality business or even just uh, a regular, you could even do an e-commerce one. Like, you know, like at the end of the day, uh, I think the, the value that leaders bring into the company is incredibly huge because they have like a ripple effect. Like you're kind of just talking about with, um, you know, who they hire and who those people that they hired hire and so on and so forth. It, it kind of does really carry down the chain. So, um, no, I really, really glad that you mentioned that, but I'm kind of curious, uh, in the beginning, it sounds like you guys were, you know, with doing everything, um, to, to, you know, carrying the couch up the stairs and whatnot. Are you feeling like you're managing, um, your team now, not like a, like a micromanager way, but you feel like you're more managing the internal culture and flow and heartbeat more than you are actually than uh, what you're kind of doing with like guests and expectations of, of travel and check-ins and checkouts and all that other stuff. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's a great question because um, the it's evolved over time. And uh, I, I look back on what's my day-to-day these days. And a lot of it is, is in empowering those leaders 
you know, if I, if yeah. I go on a business, if I go on a trip for two weeks, the, the really cool thing is to come back two weeks later and realize not only did stuff not catch on fire, but stuff actually probably grew faster than if I was there in the first place. So oftentimes the hardest part I struggle with is getting out of the way and not, yeah. not, not meddling. Uh, it's really easy as a business owner who's passionate about the business, who has opinions to, to jump in and say, no, I think it should be done this way. But, um, you know, this, this is where having good people helps because uh, that are smarter than you and they, they figure these things out. And so, you know, you have to sort of figure out what else to do. So, you know, we spend a lot of our time as, as founders, um, you know, uh, uh, high level partnerships, um, financing and, and fundraising, um, uh, just culture management and uh, talent attract, uh, 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 attracting the right talent. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, we, we kind of take a servant leadership lens to it, which is, um, you know, the people talking to the guests are the, the real heroes here. Um, mm-hmm. We're there. We exist to support them. So our leadership team, we call it the support team um, that, to kind of imply that we're here to support you who's interfacing with the owners, with the guests um, at the end of the day. Uh, so, you know, what, what we do as, as leaders really varies day to day because it all depends on what kind of uh, pain points are, you know, people interfacing with the guests are struggling with. Oftentimes it boils down to technology. So I wear the product mm-hmm. management hat a lot these days in terms of trying to unify what do we have built? What are the current pains that the guest ex- is experiencing? How can we unify this all in a way that is a seamless experience for everybody without creating a bloated tech stack? Uh, just yeah. accommodate in every future, making sure it's very unified and thoughtful and thought through. Um, but uh, that you know that, that's the fun part. The uh, not so fun part is uh, not not every every challenge is uh, is a it can be solved through tech. A lot of times, it's a it's a human uh, challenge at the end of the day and just working with people, which is the, yeah. the, you know, very gratifying part about it as well. A hundred percent. And yeah, I, I love that. It's like tech enabling, but really still experience or focusing on the experience side. Um, I think we talked about it on the clubhouse room. It's like tech is supposed to be there in order for um, us as humans to be freed of the tasks that don't need us to be, you know, managing them and doing them. Uh, so that way we can focus on, you know, the, the connection, you know, being in the lobby uh, with a cocktail ready for the guests to, to, you know, splurge on a great vacation or have a fun business meeting or anything like that. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I think people go too far to uh, tech for tech's sake. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's really easy to get uh, lured into um, both building a business because, because you're passionate about some kind of technology versus some kind of market need and then finding the market need for that technology um, or, you know, people within companies are, you know, at fault for this as well. They, they like catching on to that new tool. There's always a new tool. And at the end of the day, um, a lot of these tools are just built uh, for, for tool sake versus for yeah. like hu- human sake. Um, we have found that, uh, you know, a lot of, I think we were talking about automated messaging and this is where it came up on the clubhouse room where, you know, some of the automated messaging platforms out there are automating the responses to unique questions. It's one thing I think to, you know, I'll I'll go on a high horse here for a little bit because I'm passionate about this. It's one thing to schedule messages so that when somebody books with you, you automatically send them, here's the deal. Um, The day before sending them automated check-in instructions, lockbox uh, code, uh, Wi-Fi code, um, you know, after their stay, you know, letting them know, you know, um, that, that we would love to host you again. And um, those things make sense for, you know, we'll call it robots or machines to take over. Um, but when somebody yeah. asks, you know, how, how, wh- what's the parking situation here? Um, it's, it's very impersonal to just respond with, hey, here's our parking link or here's our, our parking uh, blurb. Um, and just assuming that there, every situation, every unique, it, just because it has the word parking in it, um, that it can be answered in the same way. But there's context really matters here. And, and um, you know, we've, we've really prided ourselves in our, our guest experience team. And so th- these are people in, in the, uh, you know, domestic United States for the most part. Um, and they're answering actual questions as they come in. Uh, and a lot of times they're stay-at-home mothers or there are other people working from home. Um, and they're, you know, very empathetic to the needs of, of the guest and responding in real time. There's some things as much of a nerd as I am, as much as I love technology, um, some things just shouldn't be automated. And I think as a society, we have to sort of recognize that and and stop and wonder, you know, is this actually progress in the right direction or progress just for the sake of, you know, calling it progress as it relates to technology. 
Hey, I hope you guys are enjoying this episode, and I wanted to drop in quickly to let you know that our partners at Jetstream have some of the best-in-class technology that sits at the heart of the guest experience with a focus on generating revenue for your property assets. With their platform, your property gets the best-in-class tech and integrations to remote access, guest screening, booking protection, and payment processing. Better yet, their team does all of the hard work of 24-7 guest communication and content creation. So go ahead, click the link in the show notes so you can jump on board today and take advantage of their professional hospitality team. Now, we're back to the episode. Well, that that sounds like it has like a real, like original Airbnb host feel, right? Like knowing that like the people that are responding are at home with their kids running around and they're maybe cooking lunch or, uh, you know, getting some dirt out of the hair because somebody uh, fell off the swing set or something like that. Like, you know, that, that gives it like a real Airbnb, not like Airbnb feel, but I guess more of like that. Yeah. The host feel like, you know, when it's a real, it's not like a hotel GM with a suit and tie that's looking at a PNL all day or a, maybe a star report. It's a, it's a real person that actually, mm-hmm like experiences uh, life in a different matter than, than just, you know, being in an office or a cubicle and, and just being like, you know, hit send for parking hit right. for, you know, check-in all this other stuff. Um, so that's really cool. I, that actually like makes me really happy to hear um, because I, I'm in the same boat, you know, tech is great. Uh, but do we need it full blown like Terminator status? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's uh, it takes away like that kind of like that cottage, feeling um you know slash i don't know it's a good hybrid mix i think if you if you can balance it right yeah absolutely we won't go full terminator but maybe a really (laughs) cool tesla that drives itself or something like that that'd be sweet i'll I'll be uh i'll be flying out for an in-person interview when that happens because that would be too cool not to miss um i'm i'm curious though because uh you know, the show that we, we love like talking about founder moments and founder journeys. And, uh, I think it's a really special thing that we can do on the show. Uh, but you kind of were mentioning uh, a moment of reflection when you were seeing that you're in the ink, uh, was it one, uh, 1,000? In, in 5,000, uh, 5, we were the number one fastest in the travel category and the hundred one hundred thirty six one thirty six fastest growing overall in the country. See, so you're, you're having a moment of reflection on that. And I'm curious to know how many, how many moments like that do you get to have as a founder? Do you take, and if, okay, actually there's two questions. How many moments do you actually get to have and how many do you actually reflect on that you do have the opportunity to reflect on? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we, uh, we have a bad habit at front desk of not celebrating our victories. We we're we're just moving so fast that oftentimes we, we let those pass up. I'll, I'll give a shout out to our friends at Noiseware who sent us a, a bottle of champagne. If it wasn't oh, for them, awesome. we wouldn't we wouldn't have celebrated uh, that that victory. We would have just kept marching on, which is not fun. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we're we're bad about about that. But um, I guess from a founder perspective, um, you know, there, there's been a handful of very um, memorable moments. Uh, I'll call it. You know, some of the earlier earlier moments were just the people that that were hired, um, and it still blows my mind that. I didn't have to be on all of those interviews and it still went very well and probably better than if I wasn't on it. There there have been countless times I've said, um, you know, I don't recommend hiring this person, but this is your, your deal. And then they turn out to be the best, you know, culture fit, the best uh, skill fit. So just, you know, really been um, some of the memories have just been watching. So a lot of our leaders grow, you know, we're, we're not, none of us are, uh, you know, we, we come from some hospitality backgrounds, um, but we're not Stanford MBAs. We're not, you know, Hilton, Marriott, Hyatt execs. Um, you know, we're, we're a bunch of go-getters that have sort of figured it out along the way uh, and, and have been there to kind of support each other. And um, it's been rewarding watching a lot of the, uh, a, a lot of our leaders just really grow in, in getting into their knitting um, and, and taking it to the next level. Um, recently, uh, you know, what I'll say COVID was, was the biggest kind of moment of reflection. I think now uh, we, we feel pretty comfortable that we're, we're on COVID's in the rear view mirror. Our revenues are back to what they were pre-pandemic um, and they, they're continuing to grow despite Delta, which is a very strange feeling that, you know, th- there is this, uh, uh, you know, the world is not back to normal, but our, our, at least our, our short-term rental business is uh, back to normal. So I, I look back on the past year and a half um, and say, 
you know, it's, it's, um, it's shocking that we're still here. You know, that was a very catastrophic moment. Um, and a lot of things went well to, to, for us to still be here today, you know, things that totally out of our control. All right. I, I, I think we, we calculated a lot of things well, but at the end of the day, luck is a huge factor here. Um, but in the moment where we sort of realized in the middle of the pandemic that, um, you know, this pandemic, this might actually end up being a real boom for us in the, in the long run, right? It, it was really hard at the time to see kind of the, the silver lining. Uh, and anytime you try to bring up silver lining, you sound like a optimistic, you know, blabbering idiot uh, and, and people tell you to shut up, but, but you do it anyway. And I think you have to, as a founder, to, to paint the picture that, you know, stuff is, uh, times are really tough right now, but um, just imagine a world in a year or two years from now. And I think we wrote a piece to our leaders called uh, lightning in a bottle. And we realized that, mm. you know, th- th- you only lightning only strikes, you know, once and, and you, you got to catch it while you can. And we've just as founders, and I've had four failed startups before front desk and none of them were nearly as, as, um, as successful as uh, mm-hmm. front desk has been. And so, um, you sort of sit back and realize this doesn't happen often. And, you know, you don't catch a break like this, uh, where the timing in the industry where competitors have been, um, uh, dissolved, uh, the, you know, leaving the door open for growth. Um, the market has shifted in your direction. It could have just as easily gone the other way. Right. Yeah. We sort of got lucky the vacation rental sort of spiked. Um, and then that, you know, we're still here to tell the story, but you know, the, the most meaningful part about going through the pandemic um, it, it's cool now to see, you know, a lot of what we were talking about actually came true, you know, in a year from now, the picture we painted that, that nobody believed at the time is actually here today. And mm-hmm. the picture in two years from now looks even more exciting. Um, but the biggest impact of, you know, we sit and reflect, um, you know, COVID taught our team that uh, we've been there before and we can do it again. If with the sky falls again, um, it's a really powerful psychology as a company uh, to know that, you know, we, we've, we've been there before and we can do it again. Nothing's more powerful than that statement when you're, when you're trying to convince a, a group of uh, a community that something is possible or not possible. Uh, you, you tend to believe very hard to believe things once you've sort of conquered, a, a, you know, a, a real challenge. No, they, it's actually kind of making me a little bit emotional thinking about like the beginning of COVID because the amount of people and companies that were like, we don't know if we're going to make it, but we're still pushing. Like we're still going, like, let's not stop. And uh, like, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned noise aware. I remember having real conversations with some of them over there. Like everyone's like, what are we going to do? Um, not, and other operators, you know, you know, people that lost hundreds, if not millions of dollars in, in revenue, um, you know, looking at each other and just being like, I, I, what? (laughs) Like having that, that pause of, you know, crap. And then being like, okay, now we got to fix it. Like, let's go. Let's, and having, being able that you guys can say that and look back on it. Like, yeah, we, um, you know, we're, we were, we were, we're able to look back and like, all right, if the sky falls again, we can do it again. Um, uh, I think it's, I I think we talked about like Gary V on, on the clubhouse or whatever, but it's like, I can always start off at zero again. Like you can always like, you know, four failed startups mm-hmm. or even, you know, four failed, whatever, or, you know, always being at the ground zero level position at a job. Like you, like I can always go back to zero. I, I was comfortable mm-hmm. there uh, because I was there so much, you know, like uh, I think that's a interesting mindset to have. Um, and it kind of goes into my next question for you guys as a, as a company, um, you know, you're talking about hiring and like that you can, you can see that, you know, not even being on the interview process that you're, you guys are making the right decisions. People are getting hired for the right fit and the right skill set, culture, all that good stuff. Um, I want to know now, did, like maybe even a comparison from the beginning to, to today, uh, do you hire for skill set or for mindset these days? Um, or did you hire for skill set versus mindset back then? And it switched. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Um, it, what we've done in the past, we've made tons of bad mistakes uh, all over the place. So we didn't really know what we were doing. I, I could say that in hindsight now because we've just come so far. Um, but the mantra we use right now is um, is hire for culture, train for skill. Um, mm. You know, th- this, th- this is not, again, not rocket science. It's, it's um, guest experience. It's, it's uh, customer service. It's, it's hospitality. 
Um, and even the tech stuff, it, we're not talking AI. I think people might call themselves AI if they're in the, yeah. you know, the tech world, but you know, is it really AI? Do you really need PhDs to, to do that kind of um, you know, data crunching? And so at the end of the day, um, most of this, I mean, there are exceptions there, right? You probably do need a couple of data scientists. You do need a couple of developers, but 99% of the roles in, in this business are trainable. Um, and, you know, culture, um, it's, you know, uh, culture, each strategy for lunch or whatever the, the, the other mantra was. Um, so we, we focus very much on culture fit first. Um, mm-hmm. and there's so many, we have so many openings that, you know, it, we, we bring them in the interview process and maybe they're not, a, maybe their skill is not best here, but they're a culture fit. We really want to make it work. We put them somewhere else. Um, actually, while we're talking about this, I have, uh, a golden toilet here in front of me. We have what's <laughs> called, uh. Uh, my Zoom background. I think I just put it in front of me. Well, we have what's called the Golden Toilet Awards. Uh, it's our employee uh, um, employee of the month type of awards. Once a month, our number one our number one core value is clean the toilets. And so this is you know for our culture. If, I think we say if if you're above cleaning the toilets, this isn't the company for you. You have to be willing to do whatever it takes to to uh, wow the guests um, and to uh, you know serve serve our end users. And so. I'm sure I butchered that, but the point is, um, you know, that, that, uh, remembering that, that toilets matter and, and this is the hospitality business and, and you might actually have to clean a toilet. If, if there's no cleaner that shows up that day, we don't care if you're a developer or a data scientist or what kind of college degree you have. Um, this is a team. It's not, you're, you're not here for your personal glory. And so, um, you know, for us, but culture is pretty easy. It's, it's just making sure people have good character, right? Once mm. you, the easy way to say it is, uh, I think character plus competency is the, um, you know, what seems to ring truth in a lot of, uh, business books. Um, you need both and yeah, competency is important, but skill is different than competency. I would argue. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we, we do, you know, it's not all about culture. You, you could be a great person and, and, uh, not show any, you know, not should not prove that you can deliver, but um, you know, do you actually have to be trained in this specific world? Um, our our thought is is no, um, that's secondary. No, hundred percent. Well, we we even talked about the story, but like when I first you know applied for that hotel in, in Spokane, you know, the first two questions: Are you good with people? Yes, I'm great with people. <laughs> are you great with uh, technology or software? No, but I can learn. Great, because if you answer that question opposite back or you know backwards, uh, no, I'm not good with people. Don't want to deal with them, but I'm great with tech. Uh, then it would have been sorry, we can't we can't do it because we can train you know the, the the tech side, we can train the skill set of like whatever the position may be, um, but mm-hmm. You can't train passion. You can't drain, um, you know, like you said, competency and, and all this other stuff that kind of goes in because at the end of the day, it's already got to be like kind of there. It's going to be a natural thing for, for you as a, as operator or in whatever position you're in. So yeah, I like that. And, and the skill and the skill always change, especially if it touches technology, the, the skill needed last year is much different than the skill needed this year. Um, yeah, you, you know, if, if you put, uh, opera, uh, you know, as a skill on your resume, you, I don't know, I don't know how many hotels these days still use opera, but I would imagine that would rule you out from a, a number of different, you know, up and coming, you know, more, more tech forward hotels, uh, because yeah. they would say, okay, well, that's actually a downside The the, you know, <laughs> um, I think adapting to new technology is it skill is a skill in its own right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that just doesn't show up well on a resume. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll just say opera for, I'm surprised that we still have a lot of users. Like I was a, a user and an avid fan in the beginning, but then I started experiencing like, you know, new tools and softwares out there and, you know, cloud-based solutions. I was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, <laughs> I have been missing out for a long time. Um, so I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, I'm curious now. Cause like you and I have actually talked and and I'm curious to know, um, for, for you guys at, at front desk, what's, you know, what's, what's next, you know, you guys recently went mm-hmm. through, um, a pretty significant, I was it a series a, um, with you guys. Um, it, it was a venture round. We, we raised our series a last year, um, okay. right, right before the pandemic. Uh, and, okay. and we recently closed $7 million, um, in a, in a venture round, unnamed uh, uh, venture round, um, uh, led by Stormbreaker ventures, uh, out of California um, and a lot of really interesting prop tech uh, investors along as well. So, um, yeah, it was a 
Uh, sorry, your your question. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I was just gonna say with that, with that, uh, with that, with that venture round. Now, uh, what's what's next? What are you guys really investing in when it comes to front desk and hospitality and the vacation rental world? Where you know there's a lot changing. How are you leading that charge? I guess with with this new this new chapter. Yeah. So I mean, our our mission, our vision is to create the largest network of uh, tech enabled short term rental apartments um, to give consumers a place to live, work and travel. Um, mm. And, you know, that network part is an important differentiator there that, you know, scale, scale matters to build a network of the sort that we're uh, trying to accomplish. When you talk about subscription travel and, um, you know, nomadic digital nomads, uh, you know, you, you can't just offer three cities and say, you know, live with us, you know, ditch your, <laughs> ditch your 12 month lease. And, and, but your options are Baltimore, DC, and, uh, you know, people that really, I think to hit the mass market for this kind of subscription living, um, and, and it's a flexible living type of future that we're, we're moving toward, I believe in kind of digital urban, uh, areas, at least, um, are, uh, you need a critical mass. You need cities that are desirable that people want to travel in. Um, you know, and, and so, uh, scale matters and, and even, uh, you know, subscription living and digital nomad aside, cause you know, that is speculation at the end of the day, loyalty, yeah. um, is important for, uh, if people need variety to have loyalty to a certain hospitality brand. Um, and it's hard to build that loyalty again, unless you have that scale. So what we're trying to pull off is, you know, the, the largest scale for, um, urban, uh, uh, professionally managed units. Uh, and so, uh, to do that, you know, we're, we're obviously growing our, our management business, our, our brand, our, our bread and butter is in the urban core multifamily apartments. Um, but, you know, ex- ex- expanding beyond that um, and also expanding beyond just management. I think we're um, what we're starting to see and what you might see more of in the future front, front desk is more or less an unbundling of services where we're uh, going to reach a larger audience and achieve that scale. Um, without being boots on the ground with every unit. And so uh, we have some exciting things around the corner too soon to, to talk about yet. But um, uh, I, I think technology is in our DNA. And, uh, you know, one, one thing that we do especially well um, is the technology side. And so uh, we're definitely going to be investing more into that um, and more uh, kind of working within the broader uh, ecosystem, short-term rentals. So uh, hopefully that's not too vague for you, but uh, to chew on. But at the end of the day, it's scale yeah. uh, to build that that large network of professionally managed tech-enabled short-term rental apartments. I love that. I love that. It's not too vague because I think I know where you're going with it, but we'll leave uh, <laughs> we'll leave that cliffhanger for the audience to to come back for round two to have you on the show, or maybe I'll just add a nice uh, once you guys announce it, I'll add a nice little clip snippet at the end of this podcast saying, "Here's the industry update with uh, front desk." <laughs> uh, we'll get into that, but. No, super cool. Um, I, I'm curious, like just out of just out of pure like po- the the podcaster in me feels like I I just have to ask. Um, but with like with that type of scale um, scalability, how do you mean? Like, I really want to know just how do you manage quality? How do you manage like when going into a big scale push um, that the quality from you know, previous inventory to like the new inventory doesn't doesn't uh, vary yeah. off the off the path. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's a hard problem to solve. We, yeah. I think there are very good, uh, insightful, you know, data studies out there showing that the more units you have, the lower your guest review is uh, in the short-term mm-hmm. rental space. And it's because it's it's hard to manage that uh, level of quality. Again, when you go from that tribe to that um, to that village stage, um, you know, the fa- not every housekeeper knows the founder's name or has a, a connection to the founder and. And it's yeah. much more of a job um, mm-hmm. is, you know, as much as you would like to translate that, that vision to everybody in the company, it just doesn't quite work like that. And so, you, you know, we rely on processes and execution. Um, I think we're really great executors. It's one thing we do very well. Um, we, uh, in, we brought in uh, housekeeping in-house um, about three years ago and we haven't gone back since. So um, in every one of our cities, um, our, our housekeepers are W2 employees. They're part of our core team. They're on our calls. They're on our all team Slack thread. Um, and they're, they're part of the team, right? They're, they're arguably the most important part of the team because they're the ones who yeah. actually touch the stuff that the guests are going to touch. And yeah. so, um, so we, we, 
uh, that was an important distinction. Once we made that distinction and said our housekeepers are actual teammates of ours and not just an outsourced cleaning team, um, mm-hmm. we have a lot more flexibility. Let's teach them how to use our, our tools and our technology to enable better cleans. Um, mm. We have a cleaning form that's part of our property management system. Uh, it's a proprietary in-house PMS that uh, every cleaner uh, we review every two weeks with them what their average uh, rating was, whether it was through Airbnb, VRBO, Marriott, our own direct booking website. Um, we aggregate all those reviews, uh, link it to the specific cleaner that filled out the form and review with them how their, how their performance was. And so it's very much sort of this man plus machine approach uh, where you, you need that data and that, that analytics to have the really meaningful uh, one-on-one um, kind of leadership discussions with these individual housekeepers. Um, but also showing, you know, a lot of the housekeepers are growing into becoming uh, assistant city manager, city manager. So there's a, a, a great career path for, you know, everybody on the, t- on the team. And I think it motivates them to really perform. So, you know, EOS, uh, a lot of the, the dashboards and a lot of the analytics tools that we run are core to doing that. But at the end of the day, it's, um, again, it just comes down to the people, just really good leaders with really good follow through that are genuinely, you know, passionate about this but giving them the right tools to do their job well. And that, that tools is often overlooked and, you know, often outsourced and not, we decided to bring our property management system in-house as well, because we're in the property management business at the end of the day here. And a property management system is so core to our business that if we uh, allow, you know, our fate to be tied to a a third party, um, you know, we just didn't see anything on the market that met our exact needs. And so we had to build it ourselves. Um, And so, you know, having that vertically integrated, uh, approach with everything from everything from the technology to the housekeeping and everything in between, um, we have found to be just core to keeping that uh, guest experience high um, because you um, you get you have more control over that. I think a lot of vacation rental short term rental operators are too quick to relinquish that control and and they hire third party housekeepers thinking that's the you know the the economically wise move, but in the long run. You know, are you trying to build a brand or are you trying to um, make a quick buck? And so knowing what that difference is and, and whether you're playing the short game or the long game, uh, we have found to be just in, uh, an important question to ask early on. Dang, you're making me sit back and like reflect on our business plan and going through everything like that. So that's that's really good to hear. Like that re- is is really inspiring, man. Like just hearing the the high level thinking with the high level execution. I think it's rare to find both uh, from a lot of like, not a lot of companies, but you, you have a lot of the times where, um, you know, supporting staff such as housekeeping or front desk, or even, uh, you know, on a, a GM level of a, a, of a hotel or even a destination, uh, they're not given the tools and resources that they need. Um, they're constantly having to mm-hmm. bootstrap a business that has all the funding at the high, high level uh, area where, you know, they're not, they're afraid to give out money versus uh, versus actually, you know, making sure that their team have, has what they need. So um, now it's really incredible and inspiring to, to listen to that. So I think that's just great. That's just really good. Um, just had to say that out loud because I was like, damn, this is good. Uh, taking notes over here on my own podcast. So <laughs> it's, yeah, it's uh, fun to say this now, but if you would ask me, you know, two years ago in the thick of it, it, it yeah. looks, it looks a lot like a bunch of chickens with their head cut off uh, <laughs> with, with a lot of low code tools cobbled together that have somehow turned into uh, you know, a scalable tool set and all of that. So it, it, there are definitely a, a lot of learning lessons along the way. It, uh, it's taken a while to get to this point. It's fun to reflect now though. Yeah. Yeah, nothing happens overnight, right? So uh, that's awesome. Well, Jesse, I'd love to give our guests uh, an opportunity to share where everyone who's listening can find out more about you, uh, about state, or sorry, at Front Desk, uh, all that good stuff. I, I'm, I'm ready to hear the, the links. We're going to link in the show notes and then um, people can do what they want uh, because at the end of the day, uh, I think it's too good not to, not to click those links at, at the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for the, the opportunity. Uh, stayfrontdesk.com. Uh, uh, all of our social handles are stayfrontdesk. Um, we'd love to, to see you. We're on, uh, we're on TikTok now uh, the, to, to, to talk to the uh, you know, future generations there. So uh, our marketing, this is another example of uh, marketers being much smarter than I was. I never would have found TikTok. So we're on Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, and TikTok, uh, and LinkedIn. So find us at uh, stayfrontdesk.com or any of those. Um, feel free to reach out to me individually. 
individually, if you're growing your own short-term rental management brand, um, I, I would love to kind of help support uh, the and pay it forward a little bit all of the uh, up-and-comers. I think there's a huge next wave of short-term rental innovators uh, and hospitality innovators that um, just find me on LinkedIn, find me on Twitter. Um, and if I can be helpful to you in any way, uh, be, uh, just let me know and don't hesitate to reach out. For sure. Well, you heard it here first, Slick Talkers. So go ahead and check out all the links in the show notes. Make sure that you follow, like, subscribe, all that good stuff to everything at Stay Front Desk uh, on social media and, of course, online. So, Jesse, my man, it's been so good to have you on the show. Uh, Just want to say thank you so much again for being on Slick Talk. Thank you, Will, for having me. Uh, Appreciate the opportunity. Great to reconnect. Um, and I'll make one more thing. Uh, our, all of your listeners will get a, uh, 15% off promo code for, uh, for stays with front desk, uh, any one of your 34 cities of choosing, uh, just do will 15 at checkout W I L 15, uh, promo code. Will 15. That's a first. That's a first. I love it. So you heard it. Slick talkers will 15. I'm going to be using it right now. Like I'm going to get off this recording. I'm going to book my next trip because I got to get out of this place. So, uh, this is awesome. Thank you so much, Jesse and, uh, all the slick talkers. We'll see you guys again next week. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Smart locks, smart thermostats, automation, and a solution for any hotel and vacation rental company. Our show partners at Operto are the leading solution for operators to enhance their operations by integrating with your property management software and making sure that all your smart devices create a contactless guest experience while streamlining your operations. So don't forget to check them out on their website, send me a message, or just let them know that we'll send you and you are in good hands. So get ready to enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast and check out operto.com or go to the podcast website and see our partners page. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast.